What is it like for you, Emily, to be in this moment? Because, I mean, all that hard work, dedication, the vision to put together a movie and then actually making the movie. And now you get to talk about something that's been a huge part of your life. Uh, I just I'm so proud of this movie, especially because it's I can't believe it's going into theaters, which, you know, we movies haven't like this, haven't been going into theaters for a long time now. And I miss it like movies like Knocked Up and This is 40. And it's only been Marvel movies now or uh, horror movies. And so I think this is the perfect time to bring back that kind of movie, like bring back date night, movie theater date night. Yeah, it's because I, I work with a movie promotions company, and when I first found this movie, it was like, wait a second, I, I can see every every genre of people to go see this. It's going to be the book club women. It's going to be, hey, yeah. you want to go see a new movie? We have to go see it at the theater. I don't want to sit at home. I want to go smell popcorn. Yes, yes, and laughing together yes. with this film is an amazing experience because it's also a little revealing of everyone's relationship so you start to look around and realize oh you too you're you've been married for 15 years and you're not having sex yeah yeah see and <laughs> that's bonding and that's the shock and awe of it is because that shock and awe creates conversation which creates a, a moment at work where you go you're not going to believe what i just saw this weekend you've got to go see this movie the end of sex mm-hmm. yeah yeah no and i also love the idea of couples going to see it together and then the conversation on the ride home is either going to (laughs) be you guys are going to have amazing sex after or you're going to have a conversation about it and things are going to (laughs) change yeah it's it's always uh what have you been doing lately because you you haven't been doing what i think you should have been doing yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) well josh meets emma it's the perfect couple but there's always a but but things begin to change yeah, well, so they're um, they're a married couple who have kids and their kids go off to camp. And so they think, you know, kids are away. We're going to do it in every room of the house. <laughs> and they quickly realize that uh, they're a little out of practice and have lost that spark. And so they do what most couples would do is try to reinvigorate their sex life by by going on a series of sexual adventures. And uh, they go to the sex club. They try and have a threesome uh, all of these things don't go very well uh, and laughter ensues. <laughs> when, when you make a movie like this, how do you bury your soul for it? Because, I mean, you're, re- you, you know, you're putting yourself into this role and, and people are going to make that association when they see you. Well, I kind of love it because to me it's, it's really honest and yeah. true. And I personally find the funniest things come from the truth. I don't laugh that much at just pure jokes. I, I laugh at reality. Um, so I just think Jonas's script was so brilliant and relatable and, and seeing this with an audience, I have seen it with an audience and it's such a special experience to see everyone relating to it. Yeah. Because when you're right there with that audience, everybody is going through the same emotion and, and the thing is, oh my God, it's, it's, it's such a blast when you, when you can do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's also when you realize that Oh, other people, too, uh, are experiencing the same thing as you that you're kind of ashamed about, especially because I think there's these expectations out there all the time about, you know, what a married couple should be like and how much sex you should be having. There's all expectations on Instagram of what you should look like and your life should be like. And none of them are real. So to, to kind of pull back the curtain and reveal a real relationship is 
quite enjoyable. When I do my movie promotions, I'm that guy at the end of the theater that that when when people are walking out, I ask them, what did you think? Tell me why you like that scene. What was your favorite part? Uh, People are reacting to this movie in that way to where they're coming out with a story. They've got kind of a bashful look at first, but then when they start talking, oh my God. Yeah, I love that. I it's it's this has been such an exciting experience for me movie wise because I've I've mostly done films that are like darker or or horror movies. Um, but this to do something that is so, again, just relatable. Everybody feels like they're seen in it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like they're part of it, like a song. I mean, it's 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 almost like okay, that that's my favorite love song because I see myself in it. Yes, yes. You know, there's got to be another level to this movie in the way that there's got to be a group where people who are struggling can go to any any word on something like that because people, you know, it's such a private. You know, my mother would never talk about this stuff, never. But many times, I wish she would have been more open. Yeah, well, I think kind of the the lesson of the movie, if there is one, is that. You know, you you enter this relationship that every relationship starts with all the sex and the everything being over the top and and then reality sets in. And uh, I think it's getting rid of those expectations that it has to be at that heightened beginning all the time, because after 10 years together, you're different people. You've changed. You've grown. And to not look at that growth as as you're lacking because you're not like you used to be. It really sets up this kind of new chapter of your life that is amazing. Um, So I kind of love that about the movie. You bring up a very interesting point because my father used to call it the seven-year itch. He says you change every every seven years, you're going to have to find an itch. And, and, And will you still be in love? Yeah. And and you find all the different kinds of love that you are, you can be in. And it's not that you lose, you know, the sexual part of your relationship. It changes into something deeper and different. And um, and yeah, I think it's actually as much as it's just a number one, it's a comedy. Yes. It's an enjoyable film. But like there is this lovely heart at the center. It reminds me kind of of Schitt's Creek, how, you know, <laughs> it never it's it's funny and but it never sacrifices its humor for its heart it still has it's still as funny as ever but is has a real soft center yeah the one of the things that i've always learned about about movies is the fact that you go into it and you're going to learn something from it what did you pick up on this that that is basically growing inside your fields well it it was that at the end of the movie it's like you you know stop trying to be what you used to be and yeah. kind of embrace the the where you're at now the now is so special and you sometimes cannot notice that because you're trying to chase the what was yeah i, I would love to see the research on people's reactions in the way that we're fresh out of this covid lockdown where basically we had all those hours to do whatever we wanted and we did and now i would like to you know 3 years afterwards is it still there that fire Oh, I'd love to know that. That's, yeah. Because it's a movie like this that reminds us, oh my God, do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember? And then all of a sudden you're going, yeah, well, let's let's get back to it. Yeah, yeah. And those expectations of like, even what you just said in COVID lockdown, you have all this time, you should be learning a new language, having sex, doing yeah. all the things. Um, well, having sex if you're locked down with someone <laughs> um, or alone. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think letting go of those expectations and embracing the like what what even even not doing something like to to be like, oh, yeah, I was in lockdown and I didn't learn a new language. I just 
enjoy i i actually what i did was i ordered an industrial sized bucket of nutella and i finished it <laughs> my discovery was the kitchen i i now i can't stop cooking i love being the chef of my own kitchen so many people discovered that the baking bread videos yeah. and yeah yeah. So now what what's up next? Because now you now that you've got executive producer behind your name and, and you've been to the Toronto Film Festival. I mean, that right there looks very good on a resume. Yeah, no, I mean, I I just feel lucky to be a part of this movie. And um, and so I wanted to make sure it got out into the world in the best way. Um, but yeah, what's next? I mean, I just um I just released my first graphic novel nice. that's out now called Amelia Airwood Basic Witch. And that's that's my baby. Um, and uh, yeah, now I'm about to go off to shoot the second season of a show I do on Amazon called The Rig. Yeah. So a lot of very different things. Well, man, congratulations on the graphic novel, because one of my podcasts deals with uh, it's called View from the Writing Instrument. And I talk with more graphic artists and, and uh, you know, who put books out there because it is connecting people through that level as well because people love graphic novels. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool you do a show for that. That's so cool. Well, because there are so many people that are sitting in their bedrooms right now writing and drawing, and they hide it. I call them hider writers, and the, but they don't oh, have yeah. the confidence to release it. So therefore, I need people like yourself to kind of nudge them out of that room and out here into the real world. Oh, that's so true, though. I, I was lucky to have people kind of push me in that direction. And I am so glad they did, because I would have never thought of myself as somebody who could make a graphic novel. And I don't draw. I hired an illustrator. Mm -hmm. um, but um, but yeah, I, oh, I'm going to listen to your show. That's awesome. Now, the editing on a graphic novel, you, you've got to sit there and you've got to be precise when it comes to sharing that storyline. Yeah, I mean, it's just a whole um, new, it was a whole new experience to me. Um, just learning things like there's a letterer, someone who does just the lettering. There's um, when when you've got the art and have done the script, when you get the art back, there's a lot that's going to change in the script because you realize, oh, the art does that for you or the illustrator has added toothpicks to the sandwiches and that <laughs> makes some kind of joke happen so yeah it's a, an amazing kind of uh, experience in writing well in a situation of what comes first the chicken or the egg so you've got to put the words out first and then it goes to the illustrator yes but then what i noticed is that once you get that back depending on you know your illustrators my illustrator my main one just added so many jokes to everything and <laughs> easter eggs and everything and and so then you do have to kind of tweak and edit the writing to to lift it to that level well speaking of levels i mean that that is an amazing journey for you in the way that you got to work with the illustrator once it's all done now you got to sit down with the editor and you know how editors are they don't mind cutting stuff out well, it was a great learning experience for me because I, in writing other things that aren't, you know, graphic novels, I love a lot of dialogue. And what you realize very quickly in a graphic novel is you don't want that. You don't want a sea of words. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really, it is about editing and paring it down to just the necessary components, especially because the, the visuals do 50, if not 80% of the work for you. Is it colorized or are you going with the black and white feel? 
No, it's it's color. It's oh. co- and that was something else I learned that there's a colorist, someone mm-hmm. who does all the color for the thing. It's all these different departments um, that uh, come together for your vision is just an incredible experience. Is it weird to have it as a, as a hardcover book? Because, I mean, sometimes when these books arrive, it's like, oh, my God, I'm so used to reading a comic book. But when it comes to a graphic novel and you open it up, it's like, whoa, there's a world in here. Yeah, well, so I uh, there's a soft cover of mine and then there's a hard cover mm-hmm. of it. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I can be objective about it because it, again, is like my baby. Like well, there's a jello pool in it. I have been dreaming of a jello pool ever since I saw it jiggle. I have wanted that. And then to see it come to life in the pages is just so surreal to me. Do you take it to the next level and start putting some animation into it? I mean, some movement on the camera? Oh, I 100% see this as an entire Amelia verse. Like I want it to be a cartoon, a show, a musical, uh, as I've already got kind of the second book in the works. I I definitely want it to be a world. How do you how do you connect with that world in the way that because I know that when when I get a book idea, that's the only thing I'm thinking about. And and it's like, "Oh my god, I I still have to live in my real shoes." Where where do you disappear to and is it easy to come back? Oh my God, I love you. You just articulate it so well. I only want to live in that world and I find it very difficult to come back into this one. And it is something I feel like I struggle with so much. And I was just, anybody I've been interviewed by recently has been like, oh, you're doing so much. How do you find time to do? I I like living in that world. Yeah, yeah. I, um yeah, but I just love that you know that feeling because it feels to me like a drug that I'm constantly chasing now is just to be able to stay in that imagination story world. And that's every reason why I created the iHeart channel called Creativity is the Addiction because you have to feed that monster. Oh my God, I need to listen to this. I, <laughs> I am embarrassed I don't know about this because I seek out stuff like that. I'm so excited to listen to this now. Yeah, the, the, because my goal, once again, and, and, and it all goes back to, there was a time period back in the early part of the millennium where musicians and chefs, they, they it was like they were hitting a point where they couldn't live anymore. And I thought, what am I going to do as a creative? Because we have got to get in there and help these other people. And and I, and I basically, um, it's, it's a blue moment that we get, a mourning period after something that's creative is set free. And now we're going, oh, my yes, God. it's like postpartum. Yes. It's totally. It hurts. Oh, my God. It does. And I remember when I was doing Shit's Creek, I was doing another show called 12 Monkeys at the same time. And in the last season, they both overlapped. So I would do Shit's during the day and 12 Monkeys at night. And then they both ended. And I oh my God. had nothing to live for. Oh. I was just because you get into this thing of like, that's your world. That's your bubble. Um and especially in in writing or anything that has been your entire world for whatever period of time, it's hard to get back to like mail yeah. and taking out the garbage. And <laughs> showering, showering. Why would oh, I yeah. shower? Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm sitting right here. I'm not moving. My dog, basically, she'll come in and she nudges me because she's taking me for a walk. She knows when I've been in this <laughs> studio way too long. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, that's funny. Oh, man. Where can people go to find out about your book and find out more about the movie? Because they, they need to make that connection with you. Well, the movie comes out uh, April 28th, yep. this Friday, um, and it's in theaters uh, across America and um, Canada. 
and it's called The End of Sex. And my graphic novel is out now, basically anywhere you buy books, um, uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, but I would highly recommend people buy them at uh, buy it at a smaller bookstore because mm-hmm. they're amazing. Um, and it's called Amelia Airwood Basic Witch. <laughs> Please come back to this show anytime in the future. The door's always going to be open for you. Thank you. I cannot wait to listen to your other show. Thanks. Thank you. Will you be brilliant today, okay? Okay, thanks, you too. He's so cool. Mm-hmm.